0: Welcome to the podcast of New Creation Christian Center. I am Pastor Marquise Franklin, and I am excited that you would take the time to listen to our latest sermons and what God is doing in this ministry. New Creation Christian Center is in Seattle, led by Pastor Harold and Anish Franklin, and our statement is, come as you are and be transformed by the word of God, as stated in 2 Corinthians 5.17. Now, I don't know what you're going through, but I want you to be encouraged by the word of God that is going to be shared today. Check it out and share it with somebody that may need it. Now, let's get into this week's message.
1: So let's pray and we'll get into the message today. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that we can have praise breaks all the time. We don't have to wait until E flat is hit. We don't have to wait for C, B, D or A, but we can just worship you. Because you're worthy. And we just thank you that you've made us worthy through the blood of Jesus Christ. So speak to our hearts this morning that's spilled over into the afternoon. And give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us. In Jesus' mighty name and everyone said, Amen. And Amen. So so last week we talked about the process of internalizing the great doctrines of the church and we touched on and I actually gave a scripture that I was, I made a mistake on, imagine that Harold Franklin made a mistake, uh oh yeah, I know Pastor uh, Woodley teases me about that and I used to believe I was perfect. Did you can you imagine that? <laughs> no, I never believed that. I used to play with the uh, people in high school. I told them I've never made a mistake. And then they started counting my mistakes after that. <laughs> and I was just joking. I wasn't really being serious, but I stepped in it and so they pulled me all the way. But there was a scripture I referred to in Romans and I think I said Romans 10 or excuse me 11 but it's actually Romans 10 and it says this and I want to just touch on it and we're going to go to Romans 12 2 after this it says brother in my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved and the part I wanted to get to is verse 2 it says for I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God but not according to knowledge And this is where the rubber meets the road. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God for Christ at the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Now, you know, this might sound like a fancy theological statement but what he's simply saying is that because they didn't understand really what it meant to be righteous in God's eyes they created a righteousness based on the rules that God had given them. You understand that? And this is why the Pharisees missed the true righteousness giver because the righteousness that they set up was an impediment to the vision of the true righteousness that came down from heaven. Are you hearing me? So they found fault with Jesus because he didn't keep the Sabbath. At least they thought they were finding fault. They asked him, why do you heal on the Sabbath day? Remember they asked him that? Because in their mind, that was an unrighteous act. Amen. Because the 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 there, the Torah said, "Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Don't work on the Sabbath." But Jesus says, "Which one of you, if your animal fell into a hole, on the Sabbath day, would not get out there right away and go get it out?" Remember, he asked him that question. So what was Jesus trying to do? He was trying to see, see your righteousness is only outward. It's not inward. And so what we've talked about, all the doctrines that we know as the church, we have to stop allowing them just to be outward, but they have to come inside. See, the compassion of God, which moves you not to just empathize with people and i shared this with the group text when we were fasting but it moves you to do something on their behalf and not just in your own strength but in the power and the might of god almighty see when jesus saw the multitude the bible said he was moved with compassion that's the kind of righteousness that ignites a change amen so let's go to uh, Romans chapter 12 verse 2 and we all know this this is something I refer to quite often but this really goes down to what we've been talking about about the doctrines and internalizing the doctrines and it says and do not be conformed everybody say don't be conformed well what does conformity mean following molded in the image of don't be conformed to this world now he's not talking about the planet but he's talking about the 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 sin nature that's prevalent in the world don't be conformed by the things that you see we we have to be very careful because the world is drip- fear driven. I mean, you look at anything on television, any advertisement, there's a fear or a some kind of a motivational tool used that may not necessarily be a good one. Well, you know, like I saw the other day I was watching the commercial that talked about people over 65 or 60 I can't remember I think it was 65 needed to go get their flu shots well of course they're they're capitalizing on the virus season right but at the end of the commercial like they always do have a qualifier it's just in case the shot may not prevent you from catching the flu. (laughs) So then my question is, what's the purpose in getting it if it's not going to work? But just in case, we better get it. And so we have to be careful that we don't. Now, now let me me back up because a lot of times I'm not trying to create a legalistic point of view here. We're going to get back to the second verse in a minute. But what, what you need to do, anytime you hear something and you feel motivated to respond to it, stop for just a second and ask God, God, what do you say about this? Because see, we're not led by the flesh. We're led by the spirit. And I guarantee you the Holy Spirit has an idea about what you just heard say the bible says the holy spirit comes to teach us to reveal things to us to show us to lead us well if he's going to lead us let's let's get his direction and so we have to be careful not to jump into things just because we hear it we have to measure out things based on the discerning power that the spirit has given us see we have a an ability to discern that the world does not have because of his spirit that lives within us amen Amen. and as we grow in God that discerning ability grows and strengthens and is more powerful and it helps you to see more clearly what is going on before you amen amen but then let me go on let's finish this verse is it be not conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of god so if we take go back to the 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 doctrines that we talked about they're not it's not enough to just know them It's not even enough to believe them. They have to be internalized and become a part of you. See, there are a lot of great things that have been said in the history of mankind. But many of the things said have never been really internalized. So they're only good statements that we can clip and post on our facebook or send out as a twitter but we haven't really internalized them because and this is what the process of becoming a new believer is, is to internalize what god has revealed to us but the great thing that we have everybody say the great thing that we have is that the teacher Lives in us, Hallelujah. so not only do we get external knowledge, we get internal revelation from the great teacher who is called the Holy Spirit. So we never are should be um, just left up to our own devices or our own opinions. You know the thing about opinions, and I'm gonna just, and then we're gonna go to some other pace, uh, other. Uh, passages thing about opinions is opinions should be based on information that is readily available to all what do I mean by that you can't have an opinion based on nothing at all you just can't say well I think the sky is green and they say well everybody says look up the sky is blue. Well, that's just my opinion. Now, if you said that enough, they would think you have a delusional problem. Am I right? If you walked around and say, well, look at that green sky. It's so beautiful. Either they think you're colorblind or you've got a problem and you're deluded about something. That's what an opinion is without Reference to true facts. It's a delusion. It's something that you've conjured up in your own mind. And that's what's going on a lot nowadays. People have opinions, but they're not based on anything. That's why you can't convince them because their opinions, you try to say, well, what's your opinion based on? Well, it's my opinion. Have you ever talked to people like that? This is just my opinion. Well, okay, I know it's your opinion. But how, see, this is the point. How did you form the opinion? That's the part about the background information that you had to gather up and then you come to this opinion. But most people just, I heard this and I think that that's a good thing and I, therefore I've accepted this and this is my opinion. No, you have to formulate. And this is, this is what sometimes, and I hate to say this, that the church, we do things without really allowing God to really internalize what we are supposedly to be and to do and to say so we have to be careful that when we're conformed when we're transformed we're transformed our minds are renewed based on what the scriptures have revealed and not some other thing that we have just grabbed gravitated towards and created an opinion from are you with me here See, if, 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 you, if the church believed what the scriptures believed, we would not have a lot of the things that go on in the name of the Lord. You can't, in the pulpit, preach against adultery and then be an adulterer because you haven't internalized the thing you're preaching. Are you, are you guys following me here? So the transformation has to first be inside before you can really assent to believing because until your heart is changed, you're still battling in the flesh. But when you're fully persuaded, everybody say fully persuaded, then you can stand and say, I know no matter what that adultery is wrong. Because I'm fully persuaded that God gave me one wife to last me a lifetime. And believe me, one woman is enough for a lifetime. And I don't mean that in a bad way. So don't say, oh, Pastor, you no one woman is all you can handle. Huh? Michael, Marquise, just one. Just one is all. Hannington, you just only need one that's enough because there's so much of a person that we, we've been married now what, what is this, I'm 58 so going on 38 years now and there's still things she does I can't figure out and vice versa she asked me why did you do that instead of doing this and my response is because I'm not you (laughs) And if you, you would have done it that way, but I did it this way. And you know what? The result is the same. But we, we, we want to fight over stuff like that. Well, how come you didn't do it this way? Do it this. No. See, because now, and I, I don't want me to get off track a little bit, but we have to internalize and understand that one wife is good enough for me that's i have to be fully persuaded on that point and in 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 our belief systems in the things that we proclaim as true we have to be fully persuaded that this is true and there is no room for anything else that does not mean there's no grace for those that fall are you with me here because they don't want to start that People do fall. People make mistakes. I make mistakes. We sin. We say things. But let me say this. We do sin, and 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 I know we all do sin. But I think our job is to cut out the outward sin. You know what I mean by outward sin? Adultery would be an outward sin. I should not be still struggling with adultery after 38 years of being saved. Am, am I right? All, all wives should have said amen. I mean, I, I can't constantly have, commit adultery and go to my wife. I'd probably be dead if I did yeah, in in, in, with this woman. But I can't go back constantly say, honey, this is affair number 15, and I'm so sorry. I, I mean, none of us would have that much grace. <laughs> But, but you see what I'm saying? So at some point, everybody say at some point, we've got to conquer the outward sin. But the inward things, the thoughts, the things we say, even some of the things we say, we should be able to conquer. I was talking to Jean on the way here, and she was saying, I, I asked the Holy Spirit to put a guard over my mouth so that I don't say certain things to people. And ask, we should ask the Holy Spirit to do that to us. Because that's a good thing to keep us from saying things we ought not to say. But see, if you're not fully persuaded that you ought not to say certain things, guess what? You're going to say them. Because you're not fully persuaded that the Holy Spirit is trying to stop you from saying them. So you can't pray that prayer until you have internalized the truth that he said, don't let any corrupt words come out of your mouth. Huh? See, so, and, and this is the challenge of understanding the scriptures intellectually. Because when we see this intellectually, we get it. We understand it. We, we have aha moments. But it, then we have to say, okay, now, Lord, make this real to me make this a part of who i am not just what i believe you see the difference there being a part of you and just believing something those those things take time and so this is where we need to go let's go to uh, colossians 3 10 We're going to go, I think we're going to go down to the end, but let me get there real quick. So let's start there. It says, and and have, well, let's start with nine. Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Everybody say, Christ is all and in all. So let me me, me see if we can understand this. Everything we need to become, Christ is in us. Say that everything we need to become Christ is in us and he is the provider of everything so the challenge that we have given that he has everything we need and has provided it we now have to surrender to the provider in every arena of our lives That is the walk of of the believer. To surrender, in this case, he says, don't lie. All right? So we surrender our desire to lie to the one that's inside of us. And we don't lie anymore. Now, you might say, well, I have lied. So have I, since I've been saved. But now... If I do lie, I quickly try and undo it. And when I lie, it's not a, a yes, no lie. It's a, a kind of a wavery lie. What does that mean? It's still a lie, but it's like, well, I said it, but I didn't really, you know what I mean, right? It's, I, it wasn't a, a black or white, but I, I, I kept it in the gray when it should have been black or white. How's that? But it's still not true. And so I have actually had to call lawyers of all people and tell them, hey, look, I'm sorry. I said this and I, sh- I shouldn't have said it. I should have just said this. So please forgive me. Now, they don't know what to do with that. <laughs> Most of them was like, oh, that's okay. But I take that very seriously because the Holy Spirit convicted me of it.
0: We're just halfway through this sermon, but our prayer is that God is already speaking a dynamic word to you personally. But don't keep it to yourself. We need you to testify. We want to hear what God is doing. Give us a call or text us at 425-686-8197 to let us know what God is doing. If you're on Facebook, contact us at facebook.com slash newcreationcc or on Twitter at NewCreationWA. Now, let's tune in for the second half of this sermon.
1: And so this is what he's trying to do, and this is, let's go on to verse 12. It says, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, but put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, suffering. what does that sound like, anybody? That's the fruit of the Spirit. It's all over again. He's just using it in a different context. Bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule your hearts, to which also you were called in one body and notice he adds this on be thankful because sometimes (laughs) if you forgive people sometimes you're not all that grateful because you feel you feel you're owed what they owe you and sometimes we grumble about thank being forgive forgiving people Am am I the only one that grumbles about having to forgive somebody? When somebody actually does wrong to us and we really think we have a right to retribution and God says, let it go. And you say, in obedience, you say, I'm going to let it go. But boy, I tell you, I can't. Why is it every time they mess with me, (laughs) I got to let it go. See, that's not being thankful that's grumbling about so you have to it's going to take some time for you to get this thing internalized and this is what a lot of people stumble with when it comes to forgiveness the act of forgiving is an act of your will say the act of forgiving is an act of your will but that has nothing to do with how you feel It has nothing to do whatsoever in how, what you feel. But once you make the choice, you bring your feelings under the subjection to the will of God, which is to forgive. The Bible talks about casting down imaginations. You ever see that in Second uh, Corinthians 10? An imagination is thoughts that are contrary to what God is trying to take you. So you have to bring those things under subjection. And you do that by saying, I'm not going to surrender to this thought that I have about this person because God has told me to forgive this person. And you have to do this repeatedly until you're fully persuaded about it. How long does that take, pastor? I have no idea. <laughs> it depends on how strong the emotion was. It depends on how strong the hurt was. Huh? <clears throat> I mean, if it's somebody cut, off, cut you off in traffic, you know, I'm down the road, I'm good. But if it's something else, it's not that easy. But you have to battle. And see, this is why you have to battle And I am still talking about internalizing because if you don't internalize this, the enemy then has a door to open up to walk in. People are possessed not because they bow down and worship Satan. People are possessed because they leave doors of disobedience along the path of their walk with God. And some of them obviously may not even know God. But like I use a, an example of myself. When I was, before I got saved, I, uh, there was a neighbor who had a Ouija board. You guys know what a Ouija board is? For those that don't know what a Ouija board is, it's a game, but it's not a game, that has, it's a, has a spirit behind it. And you ask this spirit questions, and it moves across the board, and you get answers that's where we get fortune telling from so when i got you know we were we were i think i was maybe un, i think i was less than 10 maybe 10 i don't remember but i was pretty young so it was me and my friend neighbor and we went and we we played this game and i didn't think anything of it because it's a game right but i remember when i was uh About seven years later, I was in high school, and I had a dream. And in this dream, and we've all had these kind of dreams, the devil was laughing out of my mouth, and I couldn't shut my mouth. He just was laughing, and it scared me so bad. I I got up, and I had to go talk to my mom because I didn't know what else to do. And I never made the connection until recently. But you op- I opened doors with the Ouija board. And the devil doesn't, he's, 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 if you want to say it this way, he can be patient. Meaning he'll, he'll take his time. But he was trying to lure me in. And thank God that I turned the other way. But that's the kind of things that happen when you don't obey the little things. Disobedience. The Bible says uh, sin, was it, uh, was it, yeah, yeah. Rebellion is as the sin of rich So disobedience and rebellion are the same thing. So being a rebel against, in other words, so if God tells you to do something, right? And you say, no, I'm not going to do it. You're in rebellion. So now you've stepped into the realm where the enemy lives. Because the Bible says he rebelled from the beginning, right? So now you're in his territory. So if you don't get out of his territory, he's going to wreak havoc in your life. Are you with me here? And I know we're we're trying trying to talk about internalizing, but this is what happens if you don't inter- internalize, if you refuse to obey what God is laying out for you. The enemy is there. The Bible says the devil is, is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Well, how can he seek? How you know, uh art and i were talking about me in the animal shores how do the animal devil how the devil how do the lions seek prey they just watch they're watching for the weak they're watching for the strays they're watching for the ones that are not paying attention the ones haven't that haven't internalized the instruction of their mothers they're looking for those are you with me here and as soon as they spot one they're going, they go get it. And we've seen the, the kill. Sometimes it's swift. They, they stray. They get them. It's over. And that's what the devil tries to do. But we have to internalize. And then when we internalize, then we have power, as Jesus said, over all the power of the enemy. And don't let, don't let it stop there. Nothing by any means can hurt you. You talk about power. That's power. You might say, well, how can they say that? Because can't we die? Well, what did Jesus say? Don't fear those that can kill the body. (laughs) Because we're going to die anyway. But he said, but fear him who can not only destroy the body, but also destroy the soul in hell. So when you trust God, you fear God, you trust him and he protects you. Maybe they kill your body, but they can't touch anything after that. amen Amen. and that's the assurance that we might have pastor said well that ain't that much assurance pastor i don't want to die well i don't want to die either and i know that god can protect you from death but the reality is that we're gonna die one day Amen. amen everybody unless jesus breaks the sky and we go into the millennium when he gets here we're all gonna die at some point so as we look to get this stuff in us we have to reconform or be reconform ourselves to the image of god and not to the image of the world let me let me read this this these definitions of the word holy and perfect that i found this mo- as i was studying this yeah it was this morning i found this actually so the word, we, we always see this word perfect. In Matthew 5, 48, Jesus says, be you perfect. Everybody say, be perfect. be perfect. Even as your father in heaven is perfect. Now, when you read that, do you get scared of that? <laughs> I know I do. I said, whoa, as my father in heaven is perfect? I said, how is that possible? Well, remember what we said everything we need is in us through jesus christ amen so the perfection of god is in us and he's trying to work it out in us but this is what perfect means to be complete in all of its parts to be full grown to be especially have a completeness of christian character to be mature going through the necessary stages to reach the end goal that's what the bible calls perfection you have to go through the necessary stages well what does that mean that means the things we talked about repent revelation realization renunciation renewing reestablishment all these things that causes us to internalize what god has taught us see we have to stop as christians just believing things and being things we have to be light and salt not believe that we are amen we have to be who we've been told to be and not just believe that we're becoming it and if we are becoming it but we still have to believe it it's just like when the bible talks about Abraham when he was fully persuaded that God promised that he was going to have a son right he believed that he was going to have a son but he didn't have a son for in one case he had the first son 11 12 years later but that wasn't the right one so he had to wait another 14 years for the right one so a total of 25 years he had to wait but he was fully persuaded that God was going to do what he promised so how does that picture work into internalizing I may still have trouble with this but I have to be fully persuaded that God is transforming me And this is not just the things we do, it's even the things that we believe. It's the positions that we take as Christians. Positions meaning the things we support. We have to ask ourselves, are we supporting this because it's biblical? Or are we supporting this because we're emotionally attached to it? And it's, it's some, the most difficult thing to get Christians to do is unattach themselves emotionally to something and allow the spirit to speak to them on that something to determine whether this is the thing that they should be doing or not. That's the most difficult thing to do for, with anybody, for that, for that matter, because our emotions really, we, we have be careful that we have addictions to things we even have addictions to our opinions (laughs) that's why we have withdrawals when we're persuaded otherwise almost this is how you know you've persuaded somebody from a position they'll say something like this well um, i just i just i'm just not going to believe anything then (laughs) that's that's when you know you've touched on where they lived because now they realize they should back off but they don't know where to go so they just throw their hands up and say i'm not going to do anything that's not the point the point is to make sure that what you believe is what god wants you to believe so then take your opinion that's been changed and change it for his and now you're right and you can now go and do what you need to do are you with me here That's what it it means to persuade people, not to just persuade them to inaction, but you persuade them to act, act correctly, believe correctly. The church needs to believe a lot of things correctly. We have the right doctrines. We just have to internalize and live them. There shouldn't be any problems in the church, but we don't believe what we believe spout as what we call dogma we don't believe our own dogma dogma is the things that are words or principles that we teach we don't always believe it. that's why we're called sometimes hypocrites so we have to be consistent in everything that we do but the only way you're consistent is when you're fully persuaded i heard marquise talking to somebody i don't remember last night about being a person of integrity being in, a person of integrity is you're fully persuaded that you want to do the the right thing all the time no matter who's watching yeah. that's being fully persuaded because it really doesn't matter who's watching you you're doing the right thing that's why i was, you know i've been trying to check myself i was i was um i think it was i was i was it was in training to do uh, uh be a judge pro tem and I was going through the; they were t- we were going through the uh, tickets, the video tickets, and everybody there really believed they stopped at the light when it was red. They all believed it. So yeah, I stopped at the light. They all said the same thing until the video showed that they didn't stop. And then I asked myself, do I stop at lights? When nobody's watching? Am I one of those persons that it's nighttime, two in the morning? What do I need to stop at a stop sign for? Ain't nobody around. That's not integrity. (laughs) But when you're a person of integrity and you've internalized the purpose of why you do what you do, you do it when nobody's watching. So I found myself stopping completely. You know, not the rolling stops, because that's a, that's a contradiction. You can't have a rolling stop. But you stop, and then you proceed. That's all because I don't want to be a person that's acting like something when nobody else is watching, and then when they're watching, then I'm, I'm obeying the law. Amen? Now, i got to work on the speed thing, but that's, that's coming. <laughs> That's coming. But I say, well, if I get a ticket, I just get a ticket. But that's not the right attitude either. So we have to internalize the things that we believe, otherwise, we're never gonna be fully convinced of what we believe. And this is where we're getting at. This is the, the bottom line with what we're trying to put together here. Believe what we believe, but let it be a part of what who we are. And don't let it just stop at the outward, but let it become something that's inward. Amen. All right, I'm done.
0: Let's stand. We thank you for listening to today's sermon. And we pray that you are impacted to become the new creation that God desires. We at New Creation Christian Center invite you to come join us for service Saturday at 7 p.m. or Sunday at 11 a.m. located at 5150 south cloverdale street seattle washington also feel free to visit us online at newcreationwa.org new creation christian center the path to genuine life where you can come as you are and be transformed by the word of god